morning. Um, just a reminder for those of you who are first, second, third visitors, we do want to welcome you um, and let you know that you can um, join us in, in our, on our website at relentlesschurch.cc, right? Yes. Um, where you can find connect cards. Our um, barcode is there. You also can um, be greeted and welcomed um, at our welcome center that is now out in the lobby. Um, we ask that when you come to our website, if you also just kind of Google what things are going on at Relentless, and we will make sure that we keep you informed. Reminder, next Sunday, we will not have service. Um, just every year, the last service of the year, we just kind of take a moment to rest and reflect as we start and get hype about the new year. So we will see everyone again um, for regularly planned services on January the 5th. 7th, just kidding. Don't come on the 5th, come on the 7th. Um, so that's our announcements. Thank you. You can have, you can be seated now. We have a video for you.
All right, let me tell you what that is, and you can be excited about it. That is, that video doesn't even do justice to all the presents that were wrapped and brought for our Angel Tree ministry. So what that is, man, I don't know if I can preach with that jacket on, Alex. Uh, that's, that's, all I can, that's all I can see or think about. So mission accomplished. That's, that's the goal of that jacket. Um, that's beautiful. We, um, the way we got these families where we asked for um, uh, families within our church that, that had need, and then most of them came through a social worker through the school that we partner with, and just able to, we think it's over 500 presents combined. You guys went above and beyond like you always did, like you always do. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray right now just for that moment tomorrow, and I would ask if you would be so inclined, what we like to do at the Jones House is before we open presents, we pray specifically for these families in our community they are going to be opening presents that came through the Angel Tree Ministry. And we don't want them to say, wow, what a church. We want them to say, wow, what a God. That God would supernaturally send his love into those moments of all those presents being opened tomorrow. So if you were part of um, bringing presents or wrapping presents, um, we thank you so much. Just, and you can join us in prayer and be a part of it that way. Uh, Father, we, we can talk about all these families, and it's easy for us just to group them together. But you know every name. You know every story. You know where the struggle comes from, and you love them. And God, we just pray that your love would show up um, in houses and apartments and places tomorrow, that um, your love would just come with the gift, that they would get a sense. There's got to be a reason that strangers would bless them, and the reason is you and you alone. I just pray you would work in those families and those kids. You would bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to um, do several things, share some memories this morning. Anybody, you can talk today, you can talk to me, but if you all talk at once, I won't hear any of you, but um, loudest person wins. Best gift you've ever personally received on Christmas, not birthday, has to be a Christmas gift, best ever. I'm going to tell you mine in a second, and some of you aren't going to like it. I'm sorry in advance, Kendall. Um, you'll see. Your new Bible, hey, can't beat that. PlayStation 5, are some of you talking about presents, like you're prophesying the presents that you're gonna get, or? Already received, all right, good. All right, I'm gonna tell you mine, and 94% of you will never heard of this. All right, I think it was around 1982 when I received a Tony Dorsett jersey. I know, I know. People are booing because he was a Dallas cowboy. Um, now, we had to put a picture up this service because first service, nobody ever heard of. And I looked about, he's 69 years old. <laughs> um, but we didn't have a team. Look, we, this is proof that God works. I was a cowboy fan, all right? I didn't know better. All I knew is the Redskins were on TV every week and I couldn't stand it, so I went with their rival and, and God delivered me in 1995 when we got our own team of the Carolina Panthers. So I'm with your booze, I support your booze, I understand your booze. Um, kids that are in here, we're so glad you're in here. Our elementary kids are with us today. We talk about sports, it's what we do. But for me as a five, six year old boy, I, it wasn't just that I got the jersey, I became Tony Dorsett. Like when I put that on, I was him. So much so that I would 
find like paper towel rolls and stuff to make pads. I'd stuff them in. I had a helmet that was not a cowboy's helmet, but that's beside the point. And I took a yard. This is how committed I was. I took a yardstick out to our backyard and I, and I marked off how many yards we had in the backyard. So then I could run as many yards as Tony Dorsett did. He ran for 1600 yards one season. So I ran 16. He took him a whole season. I did it in a day, right? <laughs> I would just count 20, 40 back, you know, 20 yards back and come in whew, telling mom and dad, whew, 1,650 I ran today because um, I was Tony Dorsett. That jersey was, I couldn't believe that I was him. I was him. Like, if you'd have been my neighbor, you'd, you'd have thought, you'd have looked and you thought, is that Tony Dorsett? Like, it was, it was, that's where it was. So I tell you all that because um, we believe at Relentless Church is a gospel-centered, forever-focused, multi-ethnic movement. We believe that the greatest gift of all time was the gift of Jesus. And that Jesus is not something that was way back when. There's no, there's no impact from Tony Dorsett on my life today except a cute story. But the impact of the gift of Jesus keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps going. Because when you put Jesus on, it changes everything. So we just want to, we're going to sing some Christmas songs. We really, the goal of our service today is just to glorify Jesus, just to raise him up. This baby that became a man that changed everything about everything. So we just invite you in uh, to worship with us. We're just going to focus on the power and the beauty of Jesus, of what he accomplished. Maybe he hasn't accomplished much in your life. Just lean in. He can, he will, right? And we're just going to celebrate who he is by praising his beautiful name. Would you stand with us and worship? against what a beautiful name 
shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Yeah. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Let's sing it together. There's no shadow you won't light up. Yeah, you can have a seat. Thank you, worship team. Yeah. They work so hard. Week of Christmas coming in here, Thursday night rehearsing, making sure we're ready to go. We're so glad you're here. If I uh, haven't got to say you that like, to your face, this counts, right? I'm so glad you're here. Good to see um, some faces that haven't seen in a while and some people back from wherever you went to. Um, yeah, I was going to say something about parole, but I won't. Um, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big deal uh, to be together this Christmas Eve. We just decided instead of doing an Eve service when there's so much going on with families and this and that, that we just want to have our Christmas Eve service together uh, this morning. So we're glad you're here. And I'm going to preach a little different. We're not going to put um, the text on the screen. You can fact check it. it Maybe be a, something for you to do as a family to read back through Luke 15 to see what I miss. Um, but we're going to tell it like Jesus told it, which is a story. But you've got to know the setup for the story. Um, so Luke 15, the very beginning of Luke 15, says because the religious leaders were 
grumbling and complaining against Jesus. So if you've got haters, you're in good company. Everybody's, everybody living the life worth living has got haters. Jesus had haters, and they were hating on him for something very specific. Their problem with Jesus, the religious people's problem with Jesus was specifically you're with the wrong people. You're with the people that are sinning, and you're eating with them, and you shouldn't be doing that. So Jesus, instead of speaking to that complaint, he told two quick stories and then a longer story. The two quick stories, uh, the first one was a story about um, a shepherd. It's that song we just sang. If you wonder, what is that talking about, the 99? It's a song about um, a shepherd losing a sheep, and any shepherd would know you would leave the 99 to go find the one that you lost. And then when you find it, he says, that celebration that you feel in your soul, it's the same way that happens in heaven when one sinner comes home. When one sinner repents and comes home to Jesus, it kicks off a party in heaven. Then he tells a similar story of a, uh, a woman, an older woman who lost a coin. And it wasn't like this time of year, you know, we lose gift cards and it's so frustrating. I know I had it. Right? It's not a gift card. It's like her retirement. Like imagine losing your retirement in a coin. So she's calling all her friends saying, hey, we got to find this. So they're looking under every couch cushion and doing all the things. And then they find it. And then they have a, a neighborhood party because she found her retirement. And Jesus says, in the same way, with that same celebration spirit, heaven parties when one sinner comes home. So they're complaining about you hanging out with the sinners. And he's saying sinners are a big deal from where I come from. Then he tells a story that some would say is his most famous story. Now, Jesus is real. Um, this Bethlehem story, it's not a fairy tale. It actually happened. It's real. But this story called a parable that he told, it didn't actually happen. He told a story so we would understand what God is really like. So it's, it's a story and it fits on Christmas because the baby grew up to be this man. And this story kind of summarizes the gospel in a lot of ways that we're built on. So he told a story. People are complaining, Jesus, you're with the sinners. So he told a story about a shepherd who lost a sheep, a woman who lost a coin, Heaven celebrates when you find, when instead of a coin or a sheet, when a person is found. Then he tells this story, and we're going to modernize it just a tad from Luke 15. All right, some people call this the prodigal son. We don't call it that because the word isn't in Scripture. Some people call it the lost son, but that leaves out the other son. It's really a story about a dad and two sons, older and younger. And it starts with the younger son painting this picture. He comes to his dad, and he says, I want my inheritance now. Right, so what Jesus is doing is he's trying to pull on some emotional strings in that Jewish audience for a, not just a son, but the younger son to come and ask for his dad's inheritance. Basically, what this young son is saying is, Dad, I know you got stuff, and I don't really want to wait for you to kick the bucket. Like, I don't know how, like, you keep living, you keep living. Like, I'm getting tired of waiting on you to die. Can we just skip the death part? Can I go ahead and get my inheritance now before you die so I can do what I want to do and live how I want to live? Right? So when Jesus said that, this Jewish audience would already be against this young boy. How dare he? You don't do that. You don't disrespect your father. You don't ask. And they're already hoping, the way Jesus tells the story, they're expecting for Jesus to make this kid embarrassed, like the father probably is going to put a hand on this kid for even asking. That's what they want Jesus to say. And here's how Jesus continues the story, a story that Jesus made up to let us know what God is really like. All right, he said that the, the son asked and the father shockingly said, yes, if you want it. So he gives him his whole inheritance, doesn't deserve it, it's not time, but he gives it to him anyway. And this boy goes off and invests it and just becomes this great entrepreneur. No, what he does is he goes off 
And it doesn't tell us what he did. It just uses this weird phrase. He went off and he spent it on wild living. So generationally, I want you to picture what wild living is, depending on um, anybody in the room actually attend Woodstock? 1969 Woodstock? I found out that our associate pastor attended one of the anniversaries Woodstock things that they make documentaries about on Netflix. Are you in the documentary by chance? Okay, good. I didn't know that. You learn stuff on Christmas Eve service. So if Woodstock's too old for you, wild living, maybe, maybe you know a little something about Freak Nick? All right, let, let me just talk. We, we're one church in two services, but let me let you know what the reaction to the word Freak Nick was at the 9 a.m. service. Be real quiet. Be real quiet. That was the reaction. Look it up, all right? Maybe Coachella, Wild Living Coachella, um, Dreamville now, Target, like that's here. I was thinking about, I was thinking about as a Christmas present for one of my kids would love to be at Dreamville. <laughs> Have you looked up the tickets? I was like, you can either go to college or go to this concert. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. So anyway, wild living. We don't know what the boy's doing. They, Jesus chose not to get graphic. He just is, he's a young man who's got a ton of money, and he's ready to leave home so much so that he'd be so bold to ask dad, can I have it? Yes. So now he's off on his own, right? We got some of our uh, college students in the room. You know, that's nothing like being off on your own the first time. It's, it's not great to have unlimited money at that time. He thought it was unlimited, but as Jesus tells the story, it runs out. And as it runs out, his friends, because he's the new guy in town, he's throwing the parties and everything's great. And then the money's gone, and then the friends are gone, and now he's in a tough spot. What do you do? You can either run back home and say, I asked for the inheritance, but I didn't know it was going to go this way. Or you can, like, you know, I made the mess. I can try to fix it. That's what this young boy tried to do. So he started to try to figure out a way out of the mess. So what he did was he had to, he had to get a job. So, so he got a job uh, pig slopping, right? This farmer hired him just to clean up pig mess, like nasty, nasty job. And he's, he's not only down on his luck and out of money, he's, it's to the point, I don't know if you've ever been there, where he can't get a meal, like, he doesn't know he's going to eat his next meal. If you've been there, you understand this story even better. He doesn't know where his next meal is going to come from. He's trying to eat off the pigs. Like, he's sharing food with the pigs. That's how down on out he is. And there's this beautiful phrase in Scripture where Jesus telling the story says, when he came to his senses. Yeah. Isn't it funny how for some of us it takes being broke and eating pig slop to come to our senses? Like, this is not what I was created for. So he comes to that moment, and he, here's the thought he has. I'm so, I'm, I'm starving here, and my dad's servants, they live way better than this. Like, they get three meals a day. My dad's servants live better than this. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show my face. I can't believe I asked for his inheritance, and now I'm going to show my face, and I'm just going to beg my dad to hire me as one of his servants, and then at least I won't, because if I stay here, I'm going to die of starvation. And we don't know how far away he was. The, in the beginning of the story, Jesus said it was a long way off. So it's a long walk back. You imagine that long journey back home, knowing you got to face your dad. And the first question he thinks he's going to have is, what'd you do with the money? All right? And he doesn't want to deal with that. So he's just rehearsing this speech. I've sinned. And it, it gives you the speech. Jesus gives you the speech. It's a story with details. The details are Jesus made up so we would understand who God really is. So he's rehearsing this story. I've sinned against you, dad. I've sinned against heaven. And, and I'm so sorry, I just want you to hire me as one of your servants. And you don't have to, because I don't deserve it, but if you could. So he's rehearsing the speech. Finally, you know, he gets, 
into the neighborhood and he's getting real nervous. And, and the way Jesus tells it, he says the dad sees him while he's a long way off, which means he was looking for the son, right? And the first thing the dad does when he spots this long, they, they don't know, right? There's no Instagram, there's no text, there's no email, there's no phone. They don't know if he's alive or dead. The first thing he does when he sees him is he takes off in a sprint, right? I don't know how old your dad is. My dad's in heaven, um, but my dad post 50 years old, if he ran, there was either a snake chasing him or something. It was a big deal. So this son sees this old man sprinting towards him. And I think he, Jesus doesn't say this. This is me. I think he's thinking, oh no, I knew he'd be mad. I didn't know he'd be running mad. Like <laughs> this is, this is, I'm going to have to fight my dad. All right. Um, so, so here's how Jesus just skips to this. And Jesus is an incredible storyteller. To the Jewish audience that was hearing this, it's a lot of tension. Like, how hard is the dad going to hit him? That's what they're thinking. And instead, he hits him with this. That from a long way off, filled with compassion, he runs to his son and hugs and kisses him. Right? This most beautiful bear hug in the history of, of, of the world. Right? He just picks him up, hugs him, and kisses him. And as soon as he does that, the son is so you know, surprised that he goes right into his practice speech. He just got hugged and kissed from his dad, which should tell him something. But he just goes right into... Dad, I've sinned against you in heaven. And his dad completely ignores his speech, just like he completely ignores your speech. Because some of you keep coming to God with, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for what back in whatever. The father ignores the speech. He starts talking not to his son. He starts talking to his servants. He's yelling back to the front porch. Y'all, get ready. Open up the barn like we're partying. Get the fat, the fat cow. Right? The fattest cow with the good meat, kill it. We're eating steak. Get the, get the musicians ready. Call everybody. We're going to party and celebrate. And that was almost the end of the story. But I told you the story about two sons. So the younger son, we don't know. He's just like, what? A party? Because you should be mad. And the next thing, he comes with a robe and with a ring on his finger. He does all these things so the son will know your sonship is not based on your behavior. Your sonship is based on who your dad is. So they start this party, and they're celebrating. And, and I, don't, I hope no one's ever experienced it in this room, but I cannot imagine to have a lost child as a parent and then that parent to be home, and he's partying. And the older son was off doing his thing. He was working, and he shows up, and he hears the music. So he asks somebody, what is going on? What's the party for? And they say, oh, you're not going to believe it. Your brother's home. Your little brother came home and your dad stole him a party and they killed the fat calf, the one we've been holding for a special occasion. We're eating it tonight. And the son, the older son, is angry. He's mad. Now, a lot of people, you tell this story about people coming home to Jesus. There's two sons. Both of them are apart from God. The younger had to come and leave his sin. So he, was, he had rebelled. The older son struggled with self-righteousness and religion. So one left religion, one left rebellion. Both are equally lost. We have a picture of lost. That's why I told you, you know, all the, the craziness of Woodstock or whatever, we, that wild living and sin. That's one version of lostness. The other version is lost in religion. Man-made religion of rules and all this. This older son, he was mad. He, his brother could have been dead. He should have been thrilled, but he's mad because they're throwing a party. So eventually dad comes out to talk to the older son, like, hey, this is the best day. Your son, your brother, my son is home. Let's, come on. He's begging the older son to come in. And the older son puts his foot down and says, this is how Jesus ends the story. He says, the older son says, I, no, I'm not coming in to party. He said, look what I've done. 
I've never disobeyed anything you told me. Never. We know he struggled with self-righteousness because he's painting himself as perfect. We know that's not true. I've never disobeyed your orders, and yet you didn't give me a goat. <laughs> yeah, he went to goat. You didn't even give me a goat, and now you killed the fat calf for this dude who's off sleeping with prostitutes. That's what he accuses him of. Now, did he know that? He had no way of knowing that. There was no Instagram. He didn't know what he was doing. He was doing something bad. Well, he doesn't know what, so he just goes all the way to the extreme, and he's very judgmental. I'm not going in because I deserve what he's getting right now. And, and the father's response and the story that Jesus made up to let us know who God is, the father's response is basically, I'm not going to make you come in, but we're going to party because my lost son is found my dead son, I think he could have been dead, is alive again, and that's worthy of a party. And then he doesn't come back and say the same thing in the same way there's a, there, like he does with the coin and the sheep. The point is you can get lost with rebellion and doing your own thing. You can also get lost with religion of following man-made things that are not of God. Both have to come home to Jesus. That's why the baby was born. Right? We say all the time, we like this phrase, that we're not trying to get you to believe something, we're trying to get you to know somebody. It's so much better to know this, this Jesus that was a baby, he, he wants a relationship with you. We talk about relationship over religion. And religion has got as many, as many people lost as rebellion does. Right? We like to throw stones and, and, and say certain things about people living a rebellious, sinful life. But according to God, just as lost are people in religion. And how do you know if you're religious? Well, according to Luke 15, the best way to know if you're self-righteous and religious is by your judgmentalism and how easily and fully do you celebrate when lost sinners come home. If that's hard for you, if you'd rather judge them, like, I don't know if they should be in church today, then that's, you're outside of Jesus just as much as the kid going off wasting all the money, right? So that's what I wanted to share on Christmas. I was talking to a pastor friend uh, this week, and we were talking about what we were sharing on Christmas Eve, and I was like, I'm going Luke 15. And he's like, no, you got to talk about the baby. <laughs> I see, yeah, it was Christmas. You guys was like, no, there's no rules. I don't, I don't like the baby, all right? I, like Je I love Jesus, but baby Jesus... You know, I don't know, right? And I said, listen, you're talking about Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus. Same Jesus. Mine's just bigger. Mine can walk and talk and do stuff. Your Jesus can just sit there and cry and all the stuff because he was a real baby. He had the full human experience, right? So why did, why did God send him as a baby? Why not just start right to this? Like, this is a beautiful story in Luke 15. Why not just start everything there? Because he had to have the full human experience, the helplessness of being a baby, and, and the hardness of being an adolescent and going through puberty. Jesus went through everything so that, that we would know that he understands what it's like to be human, and he was born not just to be born, but born to go to a cross to die, then to de defeat death on our behalf. And that's what we're here to celebrate, and to be like, Pastor, I think you got Easter and Christmas mixed up. Every day is Easter for the Christian, right? It's always about what he did um, by defeating death. So what we're going to do is we're going to worship. Um, but it is Christmas, right? So I wanted to sing a song that youngest to oldest that we probably all know. Um, and it's, it's a Christmas song, but it's also a worship song. Because this silent night, if the worship team comes up, I want you to remember it was a holy night. Because the story of Christmas and the story of hope and the story of our church is that God knew no matter who lived, you would never live a life that was worthy of holiness. You would never be able to 
behave your way back to God. No matter who you are, you would never good your way back to God. We had no hope of that. So God knew that. So, in, so since he knew we would never behave our way to him, he came to behave on our behalf. He sent himself in the form of Jesus, son of God, into a human body to live a sinless, perfect life, to be the sacrifice on our behalf, to defeat death, so that we would have hope in this season. So uh, we just invite you to stand together and sing this together. Uh, this is, they've practiced, they're so good up here, but this is your time. We want you to drown the microphones out as we sing Silent Night together. Yeah. Uh-huh.
deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your Tell my story without worrying about you standing up. We're going to sing one more song together, but um, I want to talk about another memory uh, of mine. I talked about 1982 Christmas with Tony Dorsett. I want to talk about 2022 Christmas, and I hope this helps some of you go into tomorrow a little different. You know what? Uh, we like to watch home videos this time of year. We've got just some classics, some things in the Jones family and Christmas. I just love it. But you know what I hate about some of our home videos? Let me just speak to dads that run the camera. Like uh, sometimes it's like it's Christmas or it's a birthday and you can hear my voice like correcting and just tense. I'm like, just, I just want to go back to that. Like you're on, you know, people are going to watch this for years. One, but two, like relax, enjoy the moment a little bit. Last year I had a stroke in November of 22. So Christmas was a, a little bit of a, of a mess. And I remember uh, so vividly, one of my few memories uh, from last December was we were decorating the tree as a family like we always do, and everybody does their ornaments. And I did like one ornament, and I just felt I was dealing with anxiety and nausea. I just felt horrible, and I just sat down, and it's like, y'all go ahead. And then I started to cry, and I think my wife Kelly knew what was going on. The kids, when I, at that time, when I cried, they thought something was wrong with my head because I'd had a stroke. Was it, we need to take you to the hospital? I was like, no, I just hate not being able to decorate the tree. Um, I just never pictured myself being incapacitated to that point. It was so frustrating. So I, I just cried like a baby and they decorated the tree and it was fine. And then just that whole season last year and I didn't speak and speaking is pretty important to my job and, um, and some of my identity probably in a negative way at that time was connected to my ability to stand on a stage and speak. So. Uh, I didn't speak from the stroke. I mean, I talked, I didn't preach 
from the stroke until Christmas Eve last year. We did an evening service on Christmas Eve last year. And um, that was the first time I was gonna speak and I felt like I could do it. And I just remember being back here in the room off the stage, getting ready to speak. And I was so nervous, like getting ready to ask your wife to marry you nervous. Like, I'm like, what is going on? I had some of these butterflies and um, I don't know if I can do this. And I was going down to, if you struggle with anxiety, like the irrational thoughts of, if I can't get through this, then I can't do my job. If I can't do my job, oh man, it's just worse and worse and worse. It's not the kind of thoughts you wanna have before you come and speak before people on behalf of God. Um, and I was, it wasn't a full-blown panic attack. I don't even think I knew what that was at that time, but I was, if we'd have done one more service, I think I would have gotten there. I just would have lost it. Um, and I came out here and I talked about what God was teaching me in that first six weeks. And I latched onto this place in Romans where it says we rejoice even in our suffering because our suffering leads to something. It leads to endurance. Our endurance leads to character and our character produces hope. And you wanna count on that hope that's found in Jesus. And that hope will not put you to shame. And it, I wasn't ashamed of that hope a year ago. I was telling you the truth, but it was just a hard season. The next day, I love Christmas. We have a, a big family. Um, this will be year four that we've all lived in the same state. Um, so we used to just be different. And those were great Christmases too, but it's just so sweet to all be around each other, be in each other's lives. And I was, you know, I love that day, but there's so many presents. So I was sitting at, at Nanny's house, at Kelly's mom's house, and the kids were opening presents. I love that time. And I just like, I cannot keep my eyes open, right? I'm just so tired. Like I'm dozing in and out like an old man, like a 90 year old man. That's who I was on, on Christmas. Just couldn't keep um, my eyes open and it was okay. But if, if you're healthy, young or old, if you're healthy today, whatever your tomorrow looks like, I, I just encourage you to soak and savor every bit of it from your family or whoever God puts um, you with. I'm gonna, so we're, we're going all in on 2023 Christmas. I told you we put up our tree in November this year. We never do that, right? I don't know if we'll take it down. We may just leave it up till Jesus comes back because this year, like I'm gonna be fully awake tomorrow and, and I'm like a kid the night before Christmas because I know I'll always remember what last year was like and how hard that was. But I wanna go back to that hope because that's what we're gonna close with, that hope that does not put us to shame. Right? God's been so good. I'm so thankful for you, church, and how you prayed for me um, and so many others. Just this week, I've had people from other churches that I've never met. It's like, yeah, I was praying for you this time last year. And I was like, I know you were. I know somebody was because I felt that. I'm so thankful, but I'm most thankful for the God who heard those prayers and who has a perfect track record. If you trust him, um, that hope will not put you to shame either. The trick is, that's not a trick. The key is loving, trusting, and worshiping him in the 2022 Christmas, not waiting till things start to get better. That's the key. That's the most power. I never knew how powerful, as Psalm says, for yet I will praise him when I'm struggling with all these things that I didn't even know about. It's that moment that your praise means so much more. I should tell you, uh, I had my December appointment a few weeks ago. I didn't, I forgot to tell y'all. Um, I had my scan results and they said, they sat me down and said, everything's unremarkable, which was kind of offensive. I was like, my arteries are not unremarkable. I said, no, no, no change from last scan six months ago. Everything's great. They said, here's, here's your doctor's orders. Two things, go live your life. You're far enough past it. Go live your life. This is from a doctor. Go live your life and you got to watch your blood pressure. I was like, I can do that. 
well, what, do you, what does that mean, watch my blood pressure? Like, be aware that I have blood pressure? Or, well, you need to stay away from red meat. I was like, completely away? He's like, no, red meat, like, you know, only on special occasions. I was like, okay, so like holidays. They're like, okay. I said, so once a month. He said, I didn't say once a month. I said, you said holidays. Christmas is December, so I can eat steak all month. Uh, January is MLK Day. Right? February is Valentine's Day. March is St. Patrick's Day and Easter. April's April Fool's Day, May's Mother's Day, June's Father's Day, July, July 4th, I'm set. All right, so I, what I, so I said back to, to uh, the woman giving me this report, so what I'm hearing is oh, every month, and she said, I didn't say that. So, well, that's what I heard. You don't have to say it for me to hear it. That's what I heard. That's not what my wife heard, but that's what I heard. All that to say, like, I'm doing great, All right? I'm supposed to live my life to God. And I'm not saying it was easy last year, it wasn't. It's easier today to say that God is worthy of all that I have. It is easier, but there's just don't shortchange. If you might be in the room today and you haven't come out of it yet, you don't have that peace, that heavenly peace. It's available to you. You can have peace in the middle of it. You don't have to wait to come out the other side. And that comes from Jesus and declaring that he is worthy Right? It makes sense for me to declare his worthiness on, in this December, but what's powerful is on the way to declare he is worthy. This song, this song we're going to sing. Uh, Karis, if you don't mind to put the first lyric up, because I'll butcher it, um, of, of this song. It's called Worthy of It All. That's what he is. Um, come on, come on, Care Bear. So, yeah, let me tell you something about our, who's running our sides. Her, her name is Karis. But she wanted me to tell y'all that she's getting older and she misses like the young days of Christmas. So she wants everybody at Relentless to call her Care Bear. Makes her feel young. So you did do that for her. Um, says, I'm gonna sing till my heart starts changing. Right, don't sing when your heart changed. I'm gonna keep singing. Next lyric says, I'm gonna worship till I mean every word. Right, sometimes you just gotta go for it. Um, and then this next line is where I was a year ago. Cause the way I feel and the fear I'm facing. If you have fear, it's okay. There's one that can handle your fear. We don't want you to believe something about your life. We want you to know somebody. As you know Jesus, he'll handle that fear on your behalf. All right, so we're gonna end our year singing this together. If you'd stand and worship with us.
he is. Yes, he is. To, to have a plan from the Garden of Eden when sin entered, to have a plan throughout history, and for us to be singing and worshiping this Jesus that was born at a time where English hadn't even been invented, and to change our lives and to be so near and to invite us into a relationship. Here's how we want to uh, end um, this year. First of all, I want to invite you back to Relentless Church. Just don't come next week because we will not be here. We take one Sunday after Christmas off. We'll have something online. We'll be back here January 7th. Uh, we're going to help you have the best year ever, right? So we're excited about that series. Come back and bring somebody with you um, that needs to have the best year ever. So that's in two weeks. For today, we started the year um, becoming a, a praying church. So we're going to end the year in prayer. So I'm going to dismiss you in a second. If you're not going to, if you, we're going to give you a chance to be praying. We have a, some of our worship team and other leaders can be up front here ready to pray. Maybe you're coming home like the younger son. Maybe you need to repent of some self-righteousness like the older son. Maybe you just need somebody to pray over what's going on in your life. No pressure to do that. But if you'd rather, if you're not going to be prayed for, just take your conversations out to either the cafe or out here to the lobby, get a picture by the Christmas tree. We're just going to try to keep this room uh, more you know, as a sanctuary that we could just pray over some people to, uh, to end our 2023 together as a church. So I'm gonna pray for you and then I'm gonna dismiss you. And if you want to be prayed for, just come. We'll be here as long as it needs to be. Just wait in line if there is a line and we'd love to pray for you. God, would you just work in this room? The God who sent Jesus at the perfect time in the perfect way to be our perfect savior, to be our king, to defeat death and sin, to give us true peace no matter what, not a peace that is contingent on how things are going, but a peace that can triumph over any circumstance. We just thank you for that. I just pray that you would call people to you, those that need to come and pray, those that need to go and think. I just pray um, that you would have your way with our church and that we just uh, would always be a church that praises you in the middle and the beginning and the end of whatever we're walking through. We just thank you so much for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. You are dismissed. Unless you're going to come up and be prayed over. <laughs>